0: This podcast is brought to you by Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine for those that love to make and drink great beer. Learn more online or subscribe at beerandbrewing.com or find us on social media at Brew. It is snowy and it is cold in Bend, Oregon today. And I'm sitting in Gary Fish's office from Deschutes Brewery, but Gary's not here. Across from me is somebody so much better and somebody somebody so much more interesting uh, to talk to about everything that's happening here at Deschutes Brewery these days. You're so nervous now. This is like <laughs> <laughs> you
1: set the bar. I, right, uh, <laughs> Veronica
0: Vega, the director of product development here at Deschutes. Thanks so much. Thank you. We're gonna kick into the conversation in just a minute, uh, but first, as the brewing industry's premier choice for glycol. Paul Chilling, G&D Chillers has set the standard on quality, service, reliability, and dedication to their consumers' craft. For 25 years, G&D has led the way on innovative solutions that match their brewing customers' immediate and and future needs. G&D backs every product they touch and provide service second to none. Contact G&D Chillers today for your chiller sizing needs at 1-800-555-0973 or reach out online at gdchillers.com. And this episode is also brought to you by the Craft Brewers Conference in Brew Expo America, America's largest brewing industry gathering. Join your peers in Denver, April 8th through 11th. Details at craftbrewersconference.com. I'm John Hall. I'm the senior editor of Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine. Uh, Veronica Vega is the director of product development uh, here at Deschutes, where I'm hanging out on a Friday in midwinter. And I guess this is fairly common for you guys, right, with snow and just sort of general...
1: Well, this season, I mean, just having the snow in the air today is making me giddy. Um, We've kind of had a dry year in in town, so the fact that snowboarding is going to happen tomorrow... Makes me pretty excited.
0: Okay, I picked a beer though, uh, and you have the same one in front of you. That is not necessarily conducive to this weather, as it were. Mm. Is it? <laughs> is well, it? I know, I, Well, I know this. This is the beer that you guys want to be uh, the next big thing for the brewery, and yeah. this is if everybody's going to be confused on the radio when I say Deschutes.
1: Because it's the same name. Because it's the same name, (laughs) but it's spelled differently. Especially on the radio, because you don't see that. Yes. um, Yeah, it doesn't have a great beer name for radio, because...
0: Because it's (laughs) the name of (laughs) the the brewery. Right,
1: but... um, And this is
0: something that that brewers for the longest time had to fight, right? It was, you know, I don't necessarily want a Sam Adams, you know, I want a Boston lager. You know, Uh, don't order a Sierra Nevada, order a pale ale. Uh, And now you guys are just throwing the playbook, and yeah, I'll have a Deschutes, and... Somebody's going to be disappointed when they get a mirror pond in front of them, although well, they shouldn't be.
1: That's tr- true, but that's something that we have fought forever. We have been known as the Mirror Pond Brewery or the Black Butte Brewery. So is that a just our. Well, it only is in in terms of wanting our brand to be recognizable and wanting it to be available in people's minds and and. Um, memorable, okay. Um, extremely important nowadays with so much out there in the beer world. And um, so, you know, now's a time where we're saying, we're going to scream, this is how you say our name. This is what our name is. Um, And uh, we're doing it with, with the beer that also is kind of not conventional to this brewery in terms of like its past portfolio. All
0: right. So what is the beer?
1: Okay. So the beer is an American Pilsner. Um, it's 4% ABV, uh, it's 99 calories and four carbs. Interesting. Um, so the fact that I'm even saying all those things, you know, we're going to gonna unpack audience, that, you, we're <laughs> unpack that yeah. because <laughs> I know, <laughs> yeah. and, and you, you know, just something I thought of this morning. So I, I, am wearing like a very colorful Deschutes hat. You are. Um, because the packaging of this, of this beer is super, um, vibrant and big and as I put this hat on this morning, I was, like, thinking about how sometimes anticlimactic, like, an actual launch feels. And we're in, like, the soft launch time of this beer. Um, but when you compare it to the emotion and passion and craziness of developing and the process of developing, um, it's certainly anticlimactic when it, in comparison to that. So it was just something that was on my mind this morning as I put my hat on. The fact that I'm wearing POS, you know, the fact yeah. that, that that means that we're, like, we're – the beer's out there. We're slowly launching it. But um, it, it's, it's kind of fun to just reflect on the process of how we got here.
0: So – as the director of product development, and I, I, I want to get into your background uh, as as we go a little bit deeper into this, but Deschutes is what are you guys like the tenth largest craft brewer yeah. in America right now, uh, according to the BA stats, right. I guess, um, Brewers Association. In most states, if if not all, uh, mm-hmm. at this point, right? Um,
1: Twenty eight, I believe. But
0: okay, I mean that thirty. I'm thirty. All yes. right, so that qualifies as a national brand. Uh, at, at, at this point. Um, and it's sort of an interesting thing on product development because not only do you have to compete nationally with the big players and or the bigger than you, the, the nine other who come before you who, mm-hmm. you know, have, you know, huge barrelage. Um, but here in Bend where you guys have like 40 or so breweries in the general area. You have to compete against them as well. And the taproom model has changed so much in the last just four or five years where, you know, uh, the larger you are by certain segments of the craft consumers, you're, you're going to be seen as old and stodgy or, you, you know, whatever. Setting your and, ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I see yeah. you nodding yeah. your, your, your head here. So I, I can't imagine that being director of pr- like new product development or new beer development – it is an easy one because you know, twenty years ago, it'd be like, "Hey, let's do a saison," yeah. and oh, you know, yeah. and everybody, "Oh, genius!" You yeah, know, totally. <laughs>
1: <right>. Yeah, <laughs> let's I mean, get some it's, barrels. It's oh my
0: god, you're promoted. Yeah,
1: totally. Yeah, totally. I mean, when you think of some of the past beers, how they came about, um, it was it was a brewer saying, I, "I think we should make this. We make it at the pub, and um, we kind of grow things there." That part really hasn't changed but what we are doing now that we really haven't done in the past and it's a total evolution of how we interact you know as a as a brewing team as a brewery to bring like that broader voice of the customer to the brewers and say this is what people are finding important not just in their beer but like in their life
0: so it's not necessarily inside projecting out but it's really walking into a bar that is not known for craft and looking at what people are drinking and saying, well, shit, we should, we should be making that.
1: Um, even broader than that, okay. saying what's... So if you think of even this beer, shoots right? Yeah.
0: And, and, um, and, and let's spell it. It's D-A... I'm reading this off yeah. of your hat now. It's <laughs> D-A space S-H... Uh,
1: Double O-T-Z exclamation point. Oh, okay.
0: I, <laughs> So you guys actually use the punctuation as part okay. of the name? Yeah. Okay. Yep, it is. Fair enough. Okay. Like
1: even yeah on our like recipes, <laughs> the, yeah. the, uh, the exclamation point. I as
0: there. a writer, I'm just I'm thrilled that you guys are including that in oh, there as yeah. part of Absolutely. the yeah. All right. Uh,
1: so um, where was I? Where was I? It, it was a
0: bro- it's a broader oh, thing. Oh yeah.
1: Right. 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 So it, I mean, if you, if you want to go all the way back to the beginning, the conversation began on. We don't really have a four percent beer in our portfolio. All our beers start at five percent. We th- we know there's a time and place where all of us craft beer fanatics and all drink a lighter alcohol beer as brewers is typically you know yeah. like more often than most people. So that wasn't like a big, you know, um, I didn't have to convince anyone that that was necessary. So we started with, okay, that that's that's a space in our portfolio that we we should fill. That's a a need out there that we could provide a great beer to. So we asked the brewing team, what kind of beer do you think we should make for this? And, you know, at the time, the Session IPAs were super huge, and they were like, we don't want to make a Session IPA. We want to make a Pilsner, right? Um, And they... Did what you know I think most brewers do is think very traditionally, mm-hmm. and they wanted to make you know they wanted to use Wirman malt and um, use um, traditional um, hops and and really model that flavor profile of a of a very traditional Pilsner and the as we started brewing and making batches. Um, really, I'd say Michael kind of pushed us on. How are you going to make this different than any Pilsner out there? Because there already are traditional Pilsners out there, right? And like you said, we need to we need to make. A good amount of beer in yeah. order to you know to, to make an impact um, sure. for our business. Yeah, to so keep it's the lights like, on in Gary's Yeah, office. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and the heat—it's very nice and warm in here. <laughs> it is so. really
0: warm in here. <laughs> this so, is really nice. His windows are very well insulated. Yeah.
1: You know, so at first when you, you get you get met with that challenge, it's kind of like abrasive a little, like what, like you you want us to do something totally different. So, and then you accept it, and it becomes really fun. So it was then. Does it though? Well, I mean, again, like I said, there's drama in the process. Okay. <laughs> there's drama. So. Because
0: um, the the thing that I always hear about, you know, uh, breweries, and and it's not like un, unlike any other workplace where, you know, it it, it is a fun industry. Uh, people generally enjoy their job, but it is still a job. And you come in, and you know, your boss gives you you know this directive saying like. Do something that everybody else does, but do it totally different. Right. And he walks out of the room, and you're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, does that yeah. Mean? Oh, totally. You know? Yeah, right. So, yeah. Yeah,
1: and, and it's it's that double edged sword of you're working with extremely passionate, and engaged people. So you have like 30 people saying, "What the fuck?" You know? Yeah. And we're you know, and you almost have to remind yourself after weeks of uh, of of overthinking and and be feeling emotional about it that you're you're doing this over beer, you know, it's like, (laughs)
0: but there's also perception,
1: you know, is helpful,
0: but there's the business side of this. Sure. But there's the business side Mm -hmm. of this as well, because it it does have to have something that has, this isn't like a Ben taproom only release. This is something that you're going to serve in Philly, that you're going to serve in Virginia. You're going to serve in Roanoke. Like, you know, where, you know, Roanoke's in Virginia, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's going to be the new representation of the, the beer. And,
1: and I also get excited about um, the the opportunity to change a perception of a style too. So um, once we started getting into the brewing piece of it of um, in the pilot brewery, so this year is our first year that we've had an f- entire year of. Um, pilot capacity and it's up and running so we could run as many trials as we need to so we did about 14 different single hop beers in this pilsner and they were all like things that you wouldn't do like put citra in it put azaka put galaxy Um, and then once we started tasting the beers that intrigue comes out like oh this is pretty unique to what's out there and start reading more about just pilsners overall and like this idea of a contemporary American pilsner where you're bringing in something new, um, like American hops, yeah. uh, you know, then you start getting intrigued and the, and the fires lit up again. Right. But that wasn't the end of it. Um, once we got to the hops we wanted to use, um, then we just started evaluating the recipe. And so we started with wireman malt um, which is a beautiful malt in. Any brewer will tell you that you you can't you shouldn't make a traditional lager without it. Sure. Um, and we've been talking to Brees Malt for several years on, if there's something that you need to be working on R&D-wise, it's creating a malt like Weirman Pilsner malt from the States because most of us that need to, you know, like manage our costs um, – that don't, you know, that don't sure. self-distribute and yeah. are part of, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that whole thing. But
0: the bottom line for ingredients exactly. is certainly important. Exactly. Yeah. So
1: um, we be- began that conversation years ago. And so we have been testing Synergy Select malt. And so that was kind of another emotional thing of, of like, that realization that even though we might want to use Wireman pills or malt, we, you know, because of the research we did with Bree Synergy Select, um, we started doing um, trials on can Brie Synergy Select do what we want it to do. And so um, that is now our base malt for this beer. Um, it's what do you beautiful- like about it? Um, I think it still has that like doughy character. Um, it has the most flavor. We did we did malt teas and, um, and brews of all sorts of Pilsner-based malt that has the most flavor. So mm-hmm. it's the most like it. Yeah. Um, I mean, what else can you say? I mean, sure. it has the – spec-wise, it has the lower protein, all that sort of thing. So it performs great. But I also like the idea that it's an American malt. It's um, from a single source, so it's um, – you know they they really thought through um, where it's grown and, um, and and developed it for that need that low protein um, pilsner malt.
0: I'm gonna let you take a sip of that beer. By the way, you have this glass that has this wonderful nucleation point at the bottom that I'm really jealous of with mine, <laughs> where it's just like cascading up in just this this really wonderful way as you refresh yourself and do that i will quickly say that great beers are made from select ingredients with bsg you'll bring the world to your brew house with an unparalleled and diverse selection of ingredients from across the globe to just down the road their dedicated customer service team and industry experience provides you with the assistance you need in every step of the way let bsg be your supplier of choice for products essential to making great artisanal beverages so you can stay focused on your craft. For more information, visit them at bsgcraftbrewing.com or contact them at 1-800-374-2739. And also, PackTech delivers the highest quality and most environmentally responsible packaging handles to the craft beer industry. PackTech handles are made from 100% post-consumer recycled material and are repurposed from milk jugs and similar containers. They're easy-to-carry and remove handles feature minimalistic design that perfectly complements your beverage artwork, eliminating the need for secondary packaging. Apply by hand or by their automated applicators. Their packaging solutions deliver better market presence, enhance consumer value, environmental awareness, and improve sales. PacTech handles uh, are smart and the sustainable choice. Contact them today at... 541 461 5000 and visit their website at packtech and then hyphen opi.com uh the joys of live reads uh, on these um, uh, I hope you You're enjoyed doing the fantastic, be- No by I, the way. I uh, uh they're a new sponsor so thanks so much for coming on packtech um and giving me a lot of words to to hopefully not butcher, um, as I'm doing this, I'm not used to like the, the non one eight hundreds. Uh, so it's like, you know, it's, and you want to make sure you get the number right and in my brain it starts to anyway. Um, all right. So you did hop trials with this beer.
1: We did hop trials. We did malt trials. I mean, all in all, probably around 20 brews in the pilot brewery, um, for this beer. Um, once we got to where we wanted, um, from a flavor standpoint, we, um, I mean, kind of along the way, this conversation of people caring about calories and carbs started to come. And like okay. I said, we thought at first people only care about alcohol. So from like, you know, a, a product development, like requirement, that was the first thing that was put out there. Like, okay, it needs to be four, 4%. When we got near the end of, okay, this is what we want from a flavor standpoint. we um we were asked just as an FY just just to see let's test this for calories and see where we are so we hit 120 calories oh I mean we God. were like oh wow God. that's just... so close like <laughs> we felt great about that yeah. right um but th- the more dialogue the more debate the more arguing um the more we were pushed to see if we could, f- um, figure out how to get it down to 99 calories because the more there's more consumer learnings on people actually do care about the, the their carb intake, their caloric intake, and in the future that's something that we think people are going to care more and more about. So if if we're close, can we get closer? And we really think that's going to nail this um, but, launch. But is
0: 99 just an arbitrary number because it's one less than 100?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's there's some marketing there, right? Yeah, of course. Um, we of course just want to be sure if we if we set a spec, can we? We're going sure. to nail it. Of I mean, course. our QA department is like they're the police of the brewery, and they're very good at their jobs. Sure. So, so um, you know, one hundred ninety nine. Yes, we are hitting that um, at this point, and um, got there pretty quickly with um, um, with an enzyme that um, reduces um, the overall fermentability.
0: It's sort of an interesting thing, though, because. When you start to have to hit specs, and, and, and I know that this is the way that beer is going mm-hmm. right now. We, we've seen it with Dogfish Head and Sequench and we're seeing it uh, more and more with, I think, the larger breweries that are looking to keep market share um, and also to, to grow the piece of the craft pie at mm-hmm. this point. I mean, craft beer is 13% of the overall marketplace. It's, you know, and the bigger you are, the, you know, Mm-hmm. The more you have of that, and the yep. more you, you you want to have, and you have to look at that other eighty six percent and 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 grow from there, um, and it's so interesting because on the other side of the spectrum, you have small breweries that are buying out their local Walmart of Hostess cupcakes yep. and throwing them all in the right. mash and being yeah, like, yeah, ah, yeah, 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 yeah calories, who cares, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly uh, that kind of thing. But is I, I guess from from a from a brewery uh, standpoint and. Do you start to worry about – or from a brewer's standpoint, do you start to worry about, well, if somebody looks at Black Butte, you mm-hmm. know, and I had a, a pint of that uh, before we started, you know, and it's – I don't even know what the caloric intake is on that. Mm-hmm. Do, do you off, offhand? It's,
1: it's like 200, 220. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. do you
0: start to worry then, like – because that's a wonderful beer and that's a right. world-class beer and it's right. a beer that, you know, every beer drinker should – Go back to now and again, even if they're not drinking it regularly, to remember where we came from and craft and et cetera, et cetera. But if we're pushing ninety nine is this arbitrary number, and meanwhile there's this like, yeah. delicious beer two tap handles down, that's two twenty.
1: Yeah, I think there's always going to be a place for those things. I mean, we as humans like to treat ourselves. Yeah. Um, and so the the flavor of a porter after you know you were at the mountain and um. That experience of it, I mean, I don't think people are going to walk away from it, but you can't do that all the time. And I think that's what we're seeing consumers, you know, just think about when to, to drink those things. So, like, as, as far as our beers, we have, you know, even a higher caloric – I mean, we have, like, the abyss. We have, like, these huge beers, and they all have a, a place and a purpose, Yeah. but where we didn't have this, you know – where we weren't serving was this this space that Deschutes is going to serve. Um, and,
0: and this is this is taking on the larger players right now. I mean, this is Bud Light's the best-selling beer in America, Coors Light's number two, Miller's three, Corona. Yeah, and that's Bud, it's and such an
1: interesting story for the brewery too because, like, when Gary opened the restaurant, you know, that's what people told him. They said, you know, why are you making Black Butte Porter make something like Coors Light and Bud Light because that's what people want. That's what people are selling. And at that point, we needed to plant our flag somewhere and do something counter to what, you know, was out in the market. Now we're almost like coming full circle on saying we've kind of proven that we can make all these beautiful beer styles. We planted our flag, and now we're going to prove out that we can make beautiful, full, like flavored, all malt light beers as well so i mean it's kind of exciting (laughs) you think about it like okay you know like while bud and um coors are fighting over corn syrup and and rice you know like we can say we're making an an all-american malt you know pilsner
0: and that's exciting too right and and what was sort of interesting when you're talking about uh it's, it's breeze who's doing your malt yep um you know that you guys actually have the power to call them and be like hey give us something like this. And then of course they do it for you because well, Well, yeah. Yeah. And I can't
1: say we're the only ones. I mean, that's, that's a cool thing about Brees is man, after a visit there, they truly are, you know, have a great R and D department and they are a great specialty malt, um, company. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's their, you know, that's, that's what they're known for. Yeah. So, um, they, they provide a lot of our specialty malts.
0: Did you say what hops are in the spear?
1: Um, no, there, are, um, we ended up with a blend of, um, lemon drop and azaka. Interesting. Right. Why? But by, by design. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I can't
0: imagine that after everything that you just told me, it was just like, ah, screw it. We got yeah, some extra yeah, b- yeah, bags of those. Like so just dump those in and like, you know, send it out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, the lemon drop, um, brought in kind of a nice crisp citrus character, which I think with the, like that. The experience that you want as a drinker for this beer, you crisp is kind of you know those attributes that you want. Yeah, Azaco is interesting because just that brush of tropical was that unique note. Um, to not have it be traditionally spicy or all those things, to have like a little citrus and a brush of tropical is something we felt that wasn't you know um, out there.
0: Okay. How does this play in? Like overall, then you know because you've obviously the the recipe is solid um, and it is uh, enjoyable and it is you know one of these beers that I think you can go and at four uh, percent for me that's what I look for not necessarily caloric intake as anybody who knows me but you know the the ABV level certainly mm-hmm. uh, you know plays a plays a role into this um, but you have to have that ha- that hop characteristic to it right you can't just do you know a traditional pills anymore like any any american brewer has to have a hop firm thumbprint on a beer that goes out because that's what consumers I- expect but then yeah. there also has to be i'm guessing uh, uh in uh, if i'm wrong tell me please because i it, it, there also has to be a, enough of a light touch where you know my dad could drink this mm-hmm. or yeah, you know the 86 yeah, the yeah. exactly. percent of beer exactly, drinkers and
1: I mean, it's funny when we talk about the customer for this beer that we're thinking of, we know that they're loyalists like your dad that probably aren't going to change. He's, you not, know. Loyal. he's yeah. not loyal. He's not loyal? Okay. It's... Okay. He, he, we, we could change his mind. That's fine. Well, okay. My, he doesn't listen to this. Say my Coors Light drinking um, neighbor. Yes. Yeah, right? Yes. He's so, so loyal to Coors Light. Um, I could get him to drink this beer and he's like, I'm, wow, "I wow, I can't believe she's made this beer. Um, but I'm probably not going to get him to swap out his his purchases of Coors Light on a regular basis. Right. You know, well, not
0: only for uh, flavor, but price point as well. True. But, yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, right. But um, but I mean, I'm swapping this out like for <laughs> for the. Did you for, stop for drinking Coors Light after <laughs> you made this? Is that what you're saying? Coors Light is only in my fridge for the neighbor. But okay. But you know, like typically, I I'd... keep
0: Banquet at home. I think it's <laughs> a fine beer.
1: I mean you just can't drink corn syrup be all day. damned. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Um but no, but you have to think about that, right? Where yeah. you have to have the deaf touch where the hop heads come in and they're like, Oh yeah, I'll have, you know, another one of these, but then somebody who is still averse yeah, exactly. to hop which is more than the majority of Americans. Totally. It's, yeah.
1: Totally. Like so going back to development process, so another thing that we um Totally argued and debated was just the name and the marketing. How, you know, what are we going to do to to this beer? And um, I mean, God bless our marketing department for dealing with all of us passionate, opinionated people. Telling them like this is what it should look like. This needs, you know, like this is what it should be called. I mean, I like couldn't sleep one night and put together like a poster board pitch of like pictures and all this thing and a manifesto. You did a vision board oh, of this? Is yes, I a, did a vision board. That's awesome. It's ridiculous. That's awesome. <laughs> and they're very like, you know, open to to hearing the idea. And for a while, this in my head um, fit the concept of Coldies, like bringing over. a uh, a pack of coldies for your friend. Because I have no
0: idea what that word coldies,
1: means. Coldies, really? Yeah. Okay.
0: I'm from the East Coast. That
1: is why. <laughs> no, okay. I'm, I'm joking. Um, it's just, I, I, I don't know. It's kind of a, I, it might be a West Coast thing. It's part of at least our lingo of saying, you know, okay, bring over some coldies and we'll, you know, unpack, well, your house or whatever it is that you would do during the day. Something, it's, it's mostly for daytime, planning, like your, you know, adventure, Let's do it over a pack so of coldies or something. So it's day drinking. Day drinking, totally. Okay. Um, and just like your very confused look right here. Uh, you know, yeah, like, no, I just like I that, felt like for a while for I, was, me. I yeah. was having to convince people like, no, this is like a thing. People will get behind it, you know. Um, obviously, um, it wasn't. But when I, I, I guess my whole point is that that time and place of like bringing over coldies that bringing over a light beer, yeah. um, either while you're doing stuff during the day, just hanging with your friends. Um, that was kind of the feeling, the experience that we wanted with this beer and we all do it. So why, you know, why not put, you know, our stamp on it.
0: But what's interesting though, is your stamp on this, uh, on, on this beer. Um, and I guess it's the Royal we at, at this point is this doesn't look like a Deschutes beer. Yes, uh, packaging-wise, right. exactly, and that to me also kind of threw me off as well. Mm-hmm. And it's the larger you are, the more regimented I think you have to be in the way that your beer looks, mm-hmm. uh, because when you when you spot something on the shelves, you have that. 0.4 seconds to decide, yep. you know, and so, you know, Sierra Nevada can never change the green of pale ale because yep. everybody knows that, that that's what that is. But you've had these, uh, the, 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 the labels have always been these sort of wonderful, um, uh, picturesque views of a river yeah. or mountains or fields or or, or whatever. This is a, a tropical print that looks Hawaiian that's not Hawaiian. I
1: know. So, and yeah, so again, like all of our passion at first was, you know, a lot of the brewers were saying, this needs to be white background, super simple. I'm pretty sure da, there's da, da. another brewery in bed exactly. that does that. Well, not just that, but, I mean, Firestone Walker's Lager looked oh, sure, like that. Yeah. So, so a lot of – you know, some of the new entries to this space look like that. yeah. And so, you know, us that aren't in marketing, it's easy for us to think like, that's what it should be, you know? Um, but it, it first started with Dashoots. The, the, the story behind the name. How have you guys name. had that name? Well, it's not really, okay. It, it came from our Hawaiian market. Um, one of our market managers um, was with a friend in Hawaii. And, he said something like, let's go get some beers later. And um, his friend said, yeah, shoots. And and he asked him, you know, what does that mean? It just means like, yeah, that's cool. Sure, that sounds awesome, you know. Um, in Hawaiian Pigeon. Yeah, like let's, it's just like. Let's, let's grab let's, let's
0: some coldies. Shoots. 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 Yeah. Shoots. Yeah. yeah let's grab look, some coldies. Hi. Ah, yeah. Ah, I, I yeah,
1: yeah. You see how you brought it around? <laughs> I, yes. That I is pay awesome. attention. <laughs>
0: Nobody thinks I pay attention, but I'm paying attention.
1: Yeah. That's perfect. Um, and so for the Hawaii market, we started making t shirts and hats that said da shoots because, you know, again, people can't pronounce sure. our names. Right. Like it, it came organically, that story came from someone who lived there. And so, you know, we, we, uh, made tons of T-shirts just for that market, and so um, people over here, like I asked someone, like I want one of those hats. Like that sounds, you know, it looks yeah. great. Um, I want that paddleboarding hat with dashutes <laughs> over it. <That> so you <laughs> right. know, um, and so it's kind of been, you know, a little undercurrent of our culture. Um, and it, and as the name, then that's where that like tropical idea or that idea of like, well, first, yeah, uh, there's. Flowers on this yeah. um, can super different than um, anything we've done. Um, that was another point of like convincing that like flowers don't just belong to women. Now, like if you look in in That's true. <laughs> in you know, there's Van sneakers that like skateboarders are wearing that have like pink flowers on. Pink is no longer just for women. It's, it's it was kind. never we're, just we're evolving. For, it was never
0: just for women. <laughs> I, I've had pink dress shirts for years. Sinatra wore yeah. pink dress shirts. You know, there's there's nothing. You know, in his Christmas songs, he would sing about getting a most lovely lavender tie. Like it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's but totally I, I, I see your point. We, yeah. yeah,
1: we're evolving, right, as a culture. Um, but you anyways, hope. yeah. Um, when the first couple designs came on shoots, you know, I I'm kind of a naturalist at heart and um, a botany nerd, and so again, because I can't help myself, you know, I put together like.
0: Another vision um, another board.
1: Another vision vision board <laughs> of of our local.
0: Like, you're just showing up at Michael's <laughs> at 3 a.m. Exactly. Just grabbing markers and I felt. I totally and, yeah.
1: went to Staples and bought like those foam boards. Like walking out <laughs> to my pickup truck. I'm not joking. This, this is. Um, anyways, I. Um, I put together wildflowers that I love from this region, so, like, lupin and Indian paintbrush and all that, and I just said, you know, maybe you could consider, like, making the floral print our um, – some of our local wildflowers, and I totally bid on that. And so um, I'm really proud um, that we ended up doing this because it, it really kind of, you know, it speaks to Oregon, um, but it's kind of a more to its story, you know.
0: And it speaks to a larger consumer base as well because it can – it, it can show off, you know, to the 86% of this isn't necessarily what you think it is. And yeah. if those folks are conditioned to look sort of past that and get yep. that glassy eye uh, gaze when they see craft beer, this is something that can grab their attention. Totally. And yeah.
1: and, and it, it wasn't until it kind of was a done deal. I mean, I, I saw a picture from the field of um, – kind of a first-to-market end-cap display. And guess what? There are three breweries with kind of, like, not similar concepts, but, like, lower alcohol beers, all with very plain, you know, label design. And, like, out of that display, we totally stood out. And um, it was like, oh, my God, we're brilliant. Like, look yeah. at what we did. <laughs> we make it look so easy. But, after, you know, actually, like, the process can be grueling to, to get to that end point. You know.
0: But now that you're here and you're rolling it out, and this is the thing that I think most large brewers do, and even smaller brewers as well, is you now have to start thinking about the line extensions.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah, oh, I mean, we are. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. Um, oh, God, how much do, should I share? I mean, this is. Yeah, like- why not? <gasps> Well, we think we could Aaron push. from your marketing
0: department is freaking out right now. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Well, I mean the obvious one, um, I mean I have Gary's the, not I here. Have the Just whole say whatever label designed want, and fine. everything, yeah. but like we've been we've been obviously working on a dark lager version where we oh, want God to God bless you. But you know, then can you see it black and white floral print?
0: I, I guess so. right? I'm not I'm not all that yeah. I, I visual, don't know. But, yeah. I can't
1: I can't help myself. Okay. But anyways, we also are um, thinking about pushing the ABV even lower, like how low can we, can we go and still create a flavorful beer? Doesn't even, doesn't need to be a lager. Doesn't need to be a Pilsner, but
0: you're just going to do a non-alcoholic Schwarz beer and just, just kill the industry. That's just, I mean, nope. that's cool, but
1: you don't seem excited. This might not be for you.
0: No, I just finished writing an article that's in this uh, current issue that's on newsstands right now on, uh, no alcohol beers, mm-hmm. uh, and I'd love to see more no alcohol beers that are out there. But what about, just something what about about a, a teeny, Schwartz beer that's just
1: teeny amounts of alcohol beer?
0: Like what, like two percent?
1: I, I I don't know. That just like that like
0: really starts to become sex in a canoe. Oh, dangerous! Yeah. <laughs> You know, like that, like that's the, you know, at at that point, like 2%, it's like, so David Letterman used to say that decaffeinated coffee was just useless, warm, brown water. And, Um, and, and I don't necessarily disagree with that. So it's either Mm
1: -hmm.
0: fully embraced non-alcoholic, but Mm -hmm. like
1: 2%, like what? We're doing both. We're doing both. Okay. But, um, I'm just saying for a line extension of Dutch shoots. Uh-huh. Lower Uh things, lower, whether it's caloric or lower alcohol, um, that's what we're exploring while still maintaining flavor.
0: Okay. Because that's what it's all about. Oh, yeah. Okay. You mentioned being a botany nerd. Mm
1: -hmm. How
0: much are you trying to bring new botanicals into beer these days? I mean, new new product development, right? Well, it just so happens uh that
1: we have a beer called Botanic Ale. Oh, yeah? Guess who named that one?
0: I'm surprised that that wasn't already taken, but that's cool. I know, me
1: too. Um, That that was lucky, but it's coming out here in about two months. It's going into our Just Tap series. So what's that like? April, May. Um, yes. Okay. And um,
0: this isn't airing until like mid March, so that's fine. Oh, good. Yeah. Um. So next month.
1: Yeah, that was like a passion project from years ago at the pub. I wanted to make kind of a gin and tonic inspired botanical beer, um, and then I handed it off to Rob, and Robin is down there at the pub, and he he just took it home. It was awesome, and um, so it's a seven percent um, like rye um, pale malt beer. Right, um, now you're talking. Yeah, I, yeah. Like that's
0: like yeah. So
1: you know, there's that booze hit that you know you get from a gin and tonic, <laughs> but also these nice like combinations of juniper overlaid with you know other select proprietary botanicals Uh to use the gin lingo yes um i'll tell you all my secrets if you want but i just think it's funny that all gins think you know like they're (laughs) they're acting
0: like they're just like snowflakes in this world and it's Everybody's using the same yeah, thing. It's yeah. Like, yeah. cucumber. My God, scandalous. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so we're
1: using proprietary botanicals. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm really excited about how people react to it. We we did um, some beer concoctions at the pub there, which kind of you know are can be sacrilegious to some folks, but, um, God, it was a beautiful, refreshing drink to take botanic ale and add like a little, we had, um, our chef make a house made tonic, um, with a cucumber. It was so fun. So, um, you know, that's one of those, like, like I said, passion projects that you just hope that, um, you know, the customers also feel excited and, 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 um, experience, you know, what your vision of it.
0: You mentioned the word sacrilegious and, and I, I find that really interesting because, I, I, again, I, here we are in early 2019 and craft by volume hasn't necessarily grown in the last mm-hmm. couple of years and, and has it, it's been a game of inches at best. And there are large, passionate voices who scream on one end about, you know, you can't mess with pale ale. And then there's the other... Uh, vocal community who only really care about haze or pastry stouts, mm-hmm. and you know, like we don't want to hear about your old fashioned stuff, old man, like that kind yep. of thing. And so they're they're in these little silos yep. that 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 exist where sacrilege means something different to to everybody these days. Yeah. But as a brewer in charge of innovative projects, that's kind of suck.
1: Um, you know the person you didn't talk about there. Who is the customer? Because their voice should be the loudest. But these people
0: are customers, though. But uh, they're
1: the they're, true. they're, the, loud- but they're the loudest. You're talking about loudest mega yelling. beer nerd customers. Okay. Because I, I think you know when you think of like the broader base. Yeah. They don't have these passionate opinions about whether beer should be hazy. Because they don't give, or, a, they shit, don't give right? a shit. They don't give a shit. They just want something delicious. They want something new. They want something intriguing. Um, they're you know that they're interested in what you can come up with next. They want to see that authenticity. You know, um. They don't give a shit about that. So it's like if you just listen to the to the beer nerds arguing to each other, you're not listening to the right crowd, I don't think.
0: So how, how important is it for you to get outside of the brewery then to actually listen to people? Because, like, you know, I cover this industry. You're working in this industry. Uh, we're all sort of in this bubble, yep. as it were. And I yep. find it, you know, very helpful. I've, I've said this in, in books and articles and other things. I find it very helpful to go to non-craft beer places and drink non-craft beer and just hang out with people yep absolutely Um, like how much does that play into this this new or this role that you're in right now yeah
1: um i'm so excited about that potential for the future because um you know as heartbreaking as it was to to move away from the brewing department like day to day like um that co-management of them and um the process and all that it is an echo chamber yeah and um Mm -hmm. Like you said, going to places that, that you, you hear more about, like, just broader customer needs and, and desires for the future as opposed to just beer, um, I think is, is, will be hugely enlightening and exciting. I mean, because um, it's going to push us to do things that we wouldn't do otherwise.
0: God, there's, like, so much more that I want to talk to you about. Um, I want to talk about mentorship. Um, before we go, okay. um, you're a mentor to, uh, a lot of young brewers who are trying to get into the industry or who are trying to, uh, go, uh, and, and, and rise up in the industry. What's the question that you get most often from them, um, versus the piece of advice that you'd love to give mm-hmm. before they even ask?
1: Yeah uh um, people always ask about what kind of schooling do i need what kind of preparation should i be doing you know if i'm in high school what classes should i be taking yeah. stuff like that um and um the advice i typically give is that um brewing is is a, is a passion career and no amount of schooling will instill that and it's also a career that where of huge work ethic is, is so important. And so, um, getting real life brewery experience in terms of internships and getting your hands dirty is the best thing you could do for yourself. I think because then it will really enlighten you on, is this what I actually want to do? Um, because the day to day is different than the perception of what it might be. It's a lot sexier in theory. Um, so getting, Getting your, like I said, getting dirty and then seeing if that fire is lit by, you know, by taking that that real life experience because that's going to fuel the the future schooling and all of that that you can get down the road and especially if you find yourself with, um, you know, a solid employer that can help with education. Um, I, I would say practical experience and. Um, Your ability to work under pressure, your ability to work in a fast-paced environment with a lot of different personalities, um, and your ability to prove that out with that experience is going to be far better than taking the right courses.
0: I love it. In a minute, I'm going to ask you what your hope for beer is. But first, I'm going to say thank you to our sponsors for this episode, uh, who allowed me to sit in Gary Fish's office this afternoon here in Bend. Gene D. Chiller is the brewing industry's premier choice for glycol chilling. You should join your peers April 8th through 11th in Denver for the Craft Brewers Conference and Brew Expo America. You can bring the world to your brew house with select ingredients from BSG and Packtech handles are easy to carry and remove featuring featuring a minimalistic design Veronica Vega of Deschutes Brewing Company What's your hope for beer
1: That's such a like I've been, just as as you gave me the time to think about it, it's such a big question. I know, that's why it's... I can't help, but... We got
0: got nothing but time at this point. I've read all the sponsor stuff at this point. (laughs) We could go for another 45 minutes. It doesn't matter at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I have personal hopes for the brewery that that speak to that broader question that you're asking. And I think it's where we are, time and place as a business. Um, I've been thinking so much about what it means to be... A local business um, and the power it brings to a community and um, so for the brewery I hope that we don't lose that identity as a a community business um, because just by our size um, I think people are quick to put us in like corporate or that sort of um, like place which is so silly Um, and by doing so they might become jaded with the fact that oh no, Mirror Pond's going to always be there because they're so big, and, and truly it won't because we need people to to reach for the pack. If it, if Mirror Pond was important beer to you and you want it to stick around, you do actually have to buy it, and I'm not saying that you know we're going to push our especially um, older brands down people's throats, we need to be listening to the customer and, and giving them what they are, listening to what they want for the future. But at the same time, um, you know, we also need to communicate um, kind of that, that, that relationship. Like if people value businesses that bring growth to communities, if they value businesses that give good benefits to their 500 employees, I, I think of our business as 500 families all of us do, yeah. and um, and in, in these times where you know we can't trust government to be creating these good things for communities, we have to trust business. And so, if people value that, then you know um, there's there's that relationship.
0: It's so interesting because I I, I hear you. I, <laughs> no, I I thought that was a great answer. Um, you know, it was a great answer. Just you know, it's. <laughs> Aaron is worried over in the corner there Um, It's uh But what's interesting is is this sort of like Evolution though and not Necessarily keep saying like oh you have to drink Mirror Pond over and over again and what I Was struck with being down in your tap room before uh, I I, I came up to to Talk to you here in Gary's very well Appointed office um, that he Apparently doesn't use anymore um, Is that you know fresh squeezed Went to fresh haze Mm -hmm. And so the The uh, the, the flagship IPA or the mm-hmm. IPA that you guys are known for was, was one thing for a while. Mm-hmm. And then now it's another thing. Mm-hmm. And, and there's both yeah, that and are out there. Yeah. And we're going to tack on, yeah. we're going
1: to tack on more, you know, and, um, fresh these- fruit on its way. <laughs> no, okay. a brute, but not a fresh brute. Fresh, <laughs> fresh
0: Cascadian dark. Um, right. Isn't that what we call it? Oh, here? right. It right. Black right. IPA? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, no, we're doing a little squeezy.
0: Lil sk- squeezy. <laughs> squeezy,
1: yep. And That's actually kind of a fun it's awesome. name. That's it's kind
0: awesome. of a fun name. What is it?
1: Um, so it's a um, so as a counter to Mirror Pond, a very classic kind of more English style pale ale, yeah. it's a um, it's a modern American pale ale with big hop character, but it's five percent alcohol and it's also gluten reduced.
0: Citra mosaic? Uh,
1: no, no, not Citra mosaic. There's some El Dorado in there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Not A everything little, is going to little, little squeezy, little squeezy. All right, To fine. store near you. But you know, we're also doing like really small batch stuff too. You know, we're not doing just these big beers, but because you but, have to, right? Y- yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the
0: thing, right? It, when you're here in Bend, and and this is like going back 50 minutes now, but you can't just worry about what's happening nationally with exactly. trends, but you have to think about the small tap rooms that are, right. you know, literally right down the street from you.
1: Yep, exactly. So, um, while we put a good amount of focus on these large retail, um, releases, um, getting back to my hope for beer, right? Yeah. My hope is that, um, people also realize and value that we have these really great small batch, um, releases that, um, especially people locally can benefit from.
0: Cool. Thank you so much for um, commandeering your boss's office for uh, for the last little bit.
1: <laughs> it's right next and
0: to uh, us. I'm just going to beat that to death because you know Gary's never going to listen to this, and I don't care. Um, thank you so much for taking the thank time. You. I wish we had like a double episode. So uh, I'm, I'm going to ask right now: Will you come back on the show? Absolutely, All right, perfect. Yeah. And uh, we'll we'll get into all the other things that i wanted to talk about um if you have questions uh for the next time that veronica is on the show that you'd like me to ask you can reach out to me at john hall it's j-o-h-n-h-o-l-l at beerandbrewing.com Or you can join the conversation on twitter at john underscore hall you should also go to beerandbrewing.com there you can subscribe to the magazine please 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 subscribe to the magazine as you're Familiar of hearing me say, because in there you can read all about uh, how to be a better home brewer, what's happening in this craft beer world right now, profiles of brewers, uh, and just really interesting beer reviews and everything else that's happening in beer right now. That's beerandbrewing.com. Help support good journalism, please. And we'll be back next week with an all-new episode. But, uh, again, one more time. Thank you so Thank much. You. This was this was, yeah. this was was a really fun conversation. We don't often talk about just, like, one particular beer for all of this. But um, – <laughs> Uh, and 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 the journalist in me is like, no, this is this is this is one dimensional, but it, it's really not. And so, thank you for um, uh, letting us know what goes into launching a yeah, new beer. Story. and uh, story. <laughs> if folks have a chance to to go and try the beer, uh, let us know what you think. Please,
1: and, uh, please yeah. let us know. Thanks again. Thank you.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine for those that love to make and drink great beer. Learn more online or subscribe at beerandbrewing.com or find us on social media at craftbeerbrew.